0: This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast podcast. Presented by Metashare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg, and we are your fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win while also finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing. We're a part of the Unpacking It Podcast Network. I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It Ministry Studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina and fired up to be with you today as the, the fantasy football world has been flipped upside down in a lot of ways. Players that you never would have thought would be relevant are relevant. Players that you were counting on the last couple of weeks are now out. Players you were frustrated with because they were on bad offenses now find themselves in new situations. We'll discuss all of it today. Christian McCaffrey, of course, in San Francisco. James Robinson, now in New York. And then what are the Colts doing? Who is their new quarterback? And is this good news for fantasy managers? I'm intrigued. I am intrigued. I have a lot of Colts shares, uh, especially in my important league. And so, uh, so we will see. We will see how this plays out. But I do want to thank our presenting sponsor, If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today, MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare has options for you. And so go check it out and explore MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Their members on average save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. Uh, My family, we are members and encourage you to check out the different options. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right. So, today on the show, we'll talk waiver wire, and during our breakout topic where we take fantasy concepts, relate them to the Bible, uh, we will talk waiver wire there as well, and the concept of counting the cost on the waiver wire as well as uh, when it comes to our faith journey and following Jesus. All right, but we begin with some fantasy shenanigans. Harrison and I will share what's kind of been going on in our in our own leagues. And, and Harrison, for me, I'm loving life with Joe Burrow, uh, leading the way in Cincinnati, leading all of fantasy. Uh, really, the last couple of weeks, he's just been unbelievable. So, so really encouraging there. Um, however, the bad news for me was I went into this weekend with this awesome matchup you know, expected to win. My guy had all of the, the guy, my opponent had all of his key players on by. All right. So what did he do? He picks up Daniel Jones and then he had the nerve to start Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Those were his starting running backs. It was almost like he was laughing and mocking me that, Hey, I can beat you with anybody. And so he puts these guys in and sure enough, he beats me in fantasy, and I was on the uh, the downside of Romeo Dobbs scoring zero points, Michael Pittman not doing much, uh, Jonathan Taylor was solid, um, and thankfully Travis Etienne, but uh, still wasn't enough, and uh, and I lost to to two backup running backs from the Panthers, which is just crazy, and that pretty much sums up the fantasy season right there. It is unpredictable, it is wacky, it's outrageous, and that's why we keep coming back for more. So. Harrison, what, what kind of shenanigans did you deal with this week? So I
1: had a great week this week. Went 3-0, and and I had some Monday night football magic last night. I was down by 5, and my opponent had David Montgomery going, and I had Ramondre Stevenson going. So I'm like, all right, I just need to have Stevenson have a slightly better game than Montgomery. It paid off. Stevenson scored 24 points. Montgomery only scored 12, so I end up getting the win there. I'm now seven and zero in that league, so I'm oh. feeling pretty, pretty unbeatable. Just powerhouse team. I have some injuries though, so we'll see if I can continue that for the rest of the season. And now in another league, you know, I've been really struggling. Aaron Jones has not been playing great for me the last couple of weeks. This week, I was thrown a lot of Aaron Jones trade offers. A lot of people thinking they could get him for the cheap. I'm like, you know what? They're playing Washington, who you know has had a terrible defense so far. Even though Washington stuck out the win, great week for them there. Taylor Heineke magic. But let's hold on to Jones, see if he produces. And he came out and had a phenomenal game, won me my matchup. So despite having to root against the Bears and the Commanders, which is hard for me to do from a fantasy's perspective because I wanted Stevenson and Jones to play well, I got the fantasy production and I got two wins for my teams. You can see the commanders and bears jerseys behind jerseys behind me. So great weekend for me. Unfortunately, if you also notice behind me, the Christian McCaffrey Jersey had to come down after the trade. Ah. So there's a blank space on the wall. If anyone has a recommendation for a great fantasy Jersey, they'd like to see on the podcast. I would be willing to get it. I need a new Jersey to replace CMC.
0: Wow. So let's, let's go there because this of course was a huge move. Uh, you're from Charlotte. I'm in Charlotte. So the Panthers, you know, big deal for, for this city to, to lose yeah, one of the, the great players to ever put on a Panther Jersey. And, and of course, from a fantasy perspective, when healthy as good as it gets. And so uh, for the Panthers, man, that was a great first game without him. And DJ Moore actually plays better. Without CMC, we saw both running backs step up and and they ran the ball effectively, and so a one-two punch. And really, you keep a defense on their toes because you don't know what to expect. When CMC is out there, you know exactly what to expect. So I think this this move from a fantasy perspective opens up the door for Panthers players to to be a little bit more relevant, uh, which is crazy to say and interesting. But if if last Sunday was any indication of that, uh, I definitely scoop up both of those running backs and. I'm not sure they're both going to be awesome every week, but one of them should be fantasy relevant uh, week in, week out. And, and then from a San Francisco standpoint, I'll let you jump in on that. How do you think this affects them moving forward? I think this
1: was a great move for the Panthers. You know, it's really hard letting someone like McCaffrey go, but they got a lot of draft picks for it. And now going to San Francisco, it's, it's just a lot of confusion, even though like, we've always wanted to see what an elite running back could do in the Shanahan offense because Shanahan has turned guys like Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell and Tevin Coleman into fantasy superstars. And now you have an actual NFL superstar running back. What's going to happen? But you're looking at San Francisco now, and there's just a lot of mouths to feed. Mm. You know, Jeff Wilson was still involved this weekend. We'll see if they eventually phase him out, but Kittle is there. Debo is there. Ayuk has really come on. They almost have too many weapons for a team that's, Offensive line has struggled a little bit so far this season with injuries. I'm not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo yet. He's made a couple key mistakes in games. So even though you want them to be this electrifying offense with all these players now, fantasy-wise, can Jimmy you know keep supporting two top 20 receivers and a top five running back in McCaffrey and a top 10 tight end in Kittle? It will be really interesting to see if the volume will be there for all of those guys. It makes them more, you know, boomer bust candidates every week, I feel like, because there's so many mouths to feed. You're pretty much dependent on who breaks off a huge player who
0: scores a touchdown. You know, who I'm intrigued by is Jimmy G. I think this makes him even more valuable from a fantasy standpoint because he's going to get more of the dump offs to CMC. And so, you know, as soon as Christian McCaffrey catches one of those passes, I mean, he's gone, and you know he racks up the the passing yardage. So I, I think I think Jimmy G is a starter in in fantasy. I really do. And he's had his moments, and I know he's a little bit of a roller coaster ride. He's hard to trust, but but I, I like the 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 possibilities and the opportunities there, and I'm kind of kicking myself because uh, i he's been on the waiver wire. Over the last few weeks, probably uh, when I, I, in some leagues, I'm desperate for quarterback help uh, and I've, I've passed on him, I think. So, uh, so anyway, but I, I think he'll, there, there's a positive uptick for, for him for sure. Um, one other kind of shenanigan situation, Kansas city. So of course they lit up the, the 49ers and McCole Hardman had a big day and kind of across the board in the passing game, everybody did really well. And then the running back committee just makes everything confusing. Talk about confusion. Isaiah Pacheco, your boy. You were you were on the bandwagon in the offseason as we were preparing for drafts. He gets the start. And now the fantasy community is all excited. Oh, here it comes. Pacheco's the starter in Kansas City. Let's go. And then it was kind of a letdown. I left him on my bench, but I was excited about the possibility. Uh, but I'm not sure. This just seems like kind of a three-headed monster Great for real football, kind of a nightmare for for us. Do you see it that way as well?
1: I see it that way as well. I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire has been great at scoring touchdowns this year, but not much anything else. So it makes sense that they gave Pacheco the chance. And when he got the ball, he was electrifying. He looked really good running the ball. He had a couple, you know, really nifty moves on the outside to create space and, and make a big play. But it's just tough the way the Kansas City offense is structured. When you have Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to be a ground-and-pound team. You are airing the ball out. We can see that. They have so many other weapons. So it makes them pretty touchdown-dependent, which is a scary thing for for running backs. Um, I think Pacheco is definitely worth having on your roster. I mean, obviously, he's going to be involved in one of the most elite offenses in the NFL. But is he a weekly start? I don't really know. I would not feel comfortable considering Uh, he was like an RB2. He's definitely more of a flex play week-to-week, someone that you might put in because of buy or injury. Uh, But I'm definitely excited to see how he now grows, grows in this role going forward, because even though he got the start, that didn't really mean much. He got the first carry of the game, and then it was pretty much still the exact same situation for him that it has been for the beginning of the season. So we'll see going forward. Is he actually get a starter's workload or is he just going to get the first carry and then it's become a three headed monster again for the rest of the game?
0: Yeah, that was very misleading because sometimes that Sunday morning news dump, it, 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 you know, ripple effect type of thing. And so that had the potential for that. It's like, oh, here he goes. And people were running through the waiver wire if he was available. Uh, but yeah, week, week one it with him as the official starter, not, not so much. Um, all right, where do we need to be held accountable this week? We love to, to hold ourselves accountable when we mention a player or something that, that is just wrong. And I have to continue to confess Week after week after week, A.J. Dillon is an absolute disappointment in Green Bay. And I can cont- I, I, I still don't want to put the blame on him. So I'm going to have to put the blame on myself. I'm going to have to put the blame on LaFleur. I'm going to have to put the blame on the offensive line because I still, I still believe in Dillon and I continue to put him in my lineups. And he continues to just not produce at all. I mean, not even just like, oh, it's kind of an off day. I mean, he's doing zip nothing zilch I mean it's 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 unbelievable and and the Packers continue to be a real disappointment other than your boy Aaron Jones and and Lazard's been okay but we were even hoping Tunyon would have another big game not so much from from him Uh, so I'm wrong there on Dylan I'm not dropping him though I promise I'm not dropping him I got too much invested to drop him but I I don't know how I can start him unless uh, bye week type situations um and then the other thing I one of my philosophies is I don't like to draft players that I already know are going to be out for six weeks or eight weeks, or so. You you'll never look at any of my rosters and see Deshaun Watson or in years a lot of a lot of different guys that are that are out. But the one that I'm now kicking myself, DeAndre Hopkins, because he had a monster first game with Arizona, and and so if that does continue there are some, some fantasy managers loving life because when you add him to your roster in week seven, wow, that's a, that's a big boost. So a, a strong first game back for, for him. And I, I whiffed on that. So where else do you need to be held accountable? I was
1: not a believer in Travis Etienne this season. I was letting oh, him God. go right by me in drafts. Cause like James Robbins is still going to be involved. I don't believe in Jacksonville. But the time has officially come. Travis Etienne is now a solidified top 10 fantasy running back. You know, know. Ro- Robinson's now on a completely different team after getting zero carries last week. He is going to explode for the second half of the season. I'm mad now that I don't have a single share in him. I had opportunities to trade for him at some point there in the beginning of the season. I was like, I'll oh, hold off. I'm not really sure. He's gone off to a slow start which is sort of validating my, my thoughts on him originally. But he, he is the real deal now. He is legit. I'm willing to say it. He's the running back you have to have in fantasy and will probably be someone drafted in the first two rounds of drafts now going forward for future years in fantasy as well.
0: Oh, baby, Travis Etienne. I've had some disappointments on, on some of my teams, but to have him ready to go. And now they remove James Robinson – and, and ETN, he just he looks great. He's got the burst. He finally gets into the end zone. And I I told everybody last week, it was happening, and here we go. It's, it's actually only going to get even better. Uh, the, the, I, I didn't anticipate them moving on from, from James Robinson. So that was a bit of a shocker. And I still can't wrap my mind around why Jacksonville, it just didn't get much for him. I, to me, you still want to have – solid running backs. And and so apparently James Robinson even had like a knee issue last week and then he gets traded very confusing. Um, and so we'll uh, we could talk a little bit about the situation with, with Brees Hall as well, because here was a rookie running back living up to the hype. And unfortunately he goes down, he's out for the year. Uh, one of the, uh, I guess we've had a few major injuries so far, but this is as, as devastating to the fantasy community as any, any injury so far? Uh, just because he was exciting, the Jets were rocking and rolling, uh, but they immediately go and get James Robinson, and so actually some of the shenanigans for me, I happened to pick up Michael Carter before Sunday's game because people were giving up on him, which was surprising to me. So now all of a sudden I'm sitting there with Michael Carter. Oh, okay, great. Brees Brees Hall goes down now. Michael Carter. Well, now he's still going to be a compliment to to James Robinson. So uh, from a Jets perspective. How do you feel uh, uh, in regards to this Brees Hall situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, super unfortunate for Brees Hall. Everyone knows I loved Brees Hall. I called him the next Jonathan Taylor in the offseason when we were preparing for drafts. And, and he looked great. He had a 60-yard touchdown before going down on Sunday. He was really starting to show the promise as being that, you know, solidified top 10 fantasy running back week in and week out. So really unfortunate for him. Uh, But looking at the situation now, it's almost a perfect storm for everyone that was disappointed. You know, James Robinson owners, obviously disappointed that he got zero touches in the game. Now he's the lead back on a completely new team. That's, you know, committed to running the ball and has a pretty solid offense there in the New York jets. So I like Robinson a lot. I also still like Carter a lot. I think Carter is a guy that they're going to lean on early uh, while they make this switch. Robinson is not as familiar with the team. Uh, So I think that, Carter, if Robinson really does have a knee issue, Carter could be really involved in the running game. And then eventually we'll, you know, kind of we'll, we'll relinquish some of those um, touches to Robinson, but he should still be really involved in the passing game. Cause Robinson's not really a pass catcher. That's not what he's great at. We will see Carter still get a lot of passing work. I think there's room for both of them to survive in the New York jets offense and then put up great fantasy numbers.
0: So I think Brees Hall was really special, and he showed that and was really making the Jets go. And I am now concerned that the Jets overall, this could be the end to their sort of magical run. You know, it was a good, James Robinson has shown glimpses, but uh, in a new situation, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not overly confident that the Jets continue this path that they've been on and, and as you know, I'm I'm not a big jet. I wasn't a big Jets believer going into the season anyway. Uh, so I, I got to see it before I'm, I'm I'm overly excited about the the Michael Carter James Robinson era. I think it's I think a lot of lot of disappointment there uh, for for Brees Hall owners and and for Jets fans as well. Um, all right, so uh, let me let me jump into this week's breakout, and then we'll uh, we'll come back with Harrison for some waiver wire and get his thoughts on a couple players to figure out if he believes they are legit. Uh, We also still need to talk about the Matt Ryan uh, benching in Indy and, and the fantasy ramifications uh, for the Colts. Uh, But let, us jump into uh, this week's breakout and I want to talk waiver wire. And here's the, the the deal, the, the kind of the thought process as, as we, uh, you know, as we take fantasy concepts and, and relate them to the Bible. So when we go on usually Tuesday nights in most leagues, you're taking a look at, okay, who is available to pick up? And you're you know you're scouring the waiver wire and you're you're looking for some backup running backs that have maybe a chance to pop in coming weeks. You're evaluating, okay, who on my roster should I release? And is this player on the waiver wire? worth picking up at the expense of dropping this other player and most waiver wires now use the fab uh, uh bidding process to where you know you put in a blind bid to say I'm willing to pay $5 for this player and and so you have to figure out and count the cost okay of my $100 budget for the year is it worth spending five dollars on this guy is it worth spending 25 dollars because i don't want to miss him is it do i go all in all my waiver wire dollars to go get that guy uh you know if travis Etienne happened to be available i was reading that earlier i was like wait travis Etienne could be available in leagues um but yeah you would go all in of course you you'd give your whole waiver wire dollars uh to get somebody like that um and that happens a couple times throughout the year where somebody was dropped and they happen to be on the, on the waivers, and, and then they finally have that big game, and it's like, oh, I got to go get him." So this, this process, though, each week, it's we're evaluating everything. We're, we're saying, okay, who do I drop from my team? Is this guy better? And, and what is the cost to get this guy on my team? And, and we also kind of count the cost when it comes to trades and, and evaluating what trades to make. Um, but it, this, this really happens when it comes to uh, the waiver wire. And so when it comes to uh, life, you know we count the, co- the cost as we make decisions day to day, whether at work or home, there, there's always a price to pay and a value needed to be assigned when it comes to the, how we spend our time, how we spend our money. And taking this a step further, you know, Jesus invites us to follow him and he offers us the free gift of salvation. It's not based on anything we, we've done or will do. It is a free gift of salvation. But at the same time, he warns us that we must count the cost of picking up our cross and dropping our former way of life. And so you think about that waiver wire. You pick up one guy, you, you, you drop another. And, and, and for us, we pick up our, our cross. We, we die to our selfish ways. We die to our former way of life. And, and we drop that former, that former way of life. And so here's what it says in, in Luke, and this is Jesus. Um, a, a large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father, mother, wife, children, brother, sister. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple but don't begin until you count the cost for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it. Otherwise you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it or, uh, what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. And so this is a hard passage of scripture to, to read because it reveals how serious Jesus is about our commitment to him. And this isn't a casual decision we, we make or something we take lightly. While he's offering us eternal life, access to the God of the universe, and and peace that surpasses all understanding, he's also calling us to value and love him more than anything else. He's calling us to give up a, a lot, and so we have to count that cost, and we have to calculate and say, "All right, is it is it worth it?" And the good news is, absolutely, it's worth it. It's worth it. And and so you know, by comparison. You know, we we hate everything else because we love God that much. And and so comparing it to the waiver wire, we're absolutely willing to 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 drop, you know, the, the the player that's not contributing on our bench to go get that guy on the waiver wire. And the same thing for us. The path that we're on without Jesus, it ends in destruction. It's empty. It's miserable. And and we can't we can't do it without him. We we can try we can try to fill our lives with a million other things. But ultimately, we need Jesus. We need him to be our Savior. We need him to be our Lord. And it is worth giving up and, and counting the cost for, for whatever, whatever he asks us to give up, to come follow him. And again, salvation is free. And, and the call to be his disciple, to really live and follow, for him, follow him day in, day out, it's costly. And and it and it you know it takes spiritual maturity to to understand this as well and and to to continue to to let go of our former life as we as we grow and understand you know who Jesus is and understand His Word. Um, but it's uh you know when we think about fantasy football, we willingly give up whatever it takes to add the players we believe in. And so, with that in mind, let's count the cost of following Jesus and determine whether or not we're willing to give up whatever it takes to be his disciple. And, and so uh, it, it's, it's something we all have to, to evaluate in our own lives and, and consider, wait, am I giving up what he's asking me to give up? Am I sacrificing? Um, and, and thinking about how much he really does love us and what he did and what Jesus did on the cross. He gave up everything for us. And, and so we respond by saying, hey, I'm, I'm yours. You die for me. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What do I need to give up? I love you more than anything else, um, and so that's that's the that's the life of following Jesus. That's what we that's what we talk about. Again, it's not this uh, you know casual type thing. It's it's intense, but it's serious. But it's hey, it's life and death too. Eternity's in the balance, um, and so when we man, when we have our eternity secure because we know Jesus and have trusted him with our with our lives. Uh, man, let's, let's go wherever he wants us to go, do whatever he wants us to do. So that's our, uh, encouragement today to count the cost. So as you go to the waiver wire today and tonight, uh, let this be a reminder to, to count the cost of, of discipleship and let's follow Jesus together. So there you go. That's this week's breakout. Uh, you can also read the breakout as well. Uh, and, and unpack it a little bit more by going to fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Hopefully, you're already a member, uh, but if you aren't, uh, you can become a member today, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Speaking of the waiver wire, Harrison, who are you running to go get on the waiver wire this week? What well, players are on the top of your list? So the first guy
1: I think everyone needs to go get is Gus Edwards for the Baltimore Ravens, you know, JK Dobbins was, was out. So we didn't know, is it going to be Gus Edwards coming off IR? Is it going to be Kenyon Drake who had a big game two weeks ago? And it turned out to be Gus Edwards. He really led the team in in touches and production there in Baltimore. I think he's the running back to have going forward for these next, you know, five weeks while, um, J.K. Dobbins is out. And then we've seen in the past him be relevant in a two-running-back system with whoever the other Baltimore running back is as well. So I think he's going to have a lot of value even after the injury is over for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. If he's available, I would absolutely get him. And I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself, actually. I, the injury made me nervous, and he's kind of been injury-prone. But when he's out there, he does produce. He really does. And, and we know the Ravens run the ball. The Ravens are... I don't think we're going to do peace or panic today, but there is some panic in in Ravenland cuz they keep winning but not necessarily with the huge huge output week in week out. We've seen it. We've seen Lamar, we've seen Mark Andrews, we've seen uh Duvernay who's now faded. Bateman's back. He was solid but not great. So, yeah, it's interesting, but the Ravens are going to be in the mix. They're they're a team down the stretch. They're fighting for a playoff spot, division win, all that kind of thing. So, uh I'm okay holding on to Ravens players as they sort of figure things out and and get some consistency too uh, from the running back spot because it's been it's been up and down a little bit. Um, all right, so Kansas City, we love the offense, but do you go run out and get McCole Hardman? They're on I a think buy. You do. They're on a buy this week. So you still go get them.
1: I think you go out and get McCole Hardman still because we've really seen now who the top two receivers are in Kansas City. At the beginning of the year, we thought, you know, maybe Sky Moore would be involved. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Juju, you know, it's really now it's McCole Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster. Those are the two guys, along with Travis Kelsey, that are getting pretty much all the work. McCole Hardman, they want to get him involved. They're manufacturing touches for him in the red zone on jet sweeps and handoffs. It's clear they want him involved in the offense. I think he's someone you definitely have to have on your roster as a great flex play going forward. And then another receiver who I really like coming back from injury is Van Jefferson on the Los Angeles Rams. You know, he had a lot of big games last year before Odell Beckham came into town, um, and and he's a really good deep threat for them. We have not seen what we've wanted to see out of Allen Robinson Van Jefferson, I think, is going to step ahead of Allen Robinson as the number two in that offense now because he already has the chemistry with Stafford. We know McVay trusts him. I think he's a real sleeper to go out and get this week because he could have an immediate impact pretty much this week. He could catch a 50-yard touchdown, and everyone's going to be like, oh, my gosh, why did we not see this? He did it last year. He's doing it again. I would go get Van Jefferson.
0: My suggestion this week with the waiver wire, and this is kind of something I always I, – Preach it a lot, I guess. Go get backup running backs. Load up on backup running backs. We we've seen the injuries already. We'll continue to see the injuries. There is, to me, you. you, It's nice to have one or two wide receivers on your bench, but you don't need to have more than that. But you do need as many running backs as you can you can stash, and and they may not contribute for a few more a few more weeks. You have to wait on it, but. This is the NFL. There's injuries all the time, and it seems to be running backs. And, and so you're always one play away. I mean, think about going back a few weeks ago. If you would have just gone and got Ken Walker, you, that's a league winner. And, oh, Rashad Penny's the guy right now. No, you got to get the backups. And some of the, even some of these rookies that, that are out there as well, they're, they're going to pop at times. They really are. And even some of these teams that are spiraling downward – Uh, like things are going to change in in Tampa Bay, potentially. Uh, You know, you got to look at some of those veteran teams where they start going with younger players toward the end of the season. So you got to keep an eye on a lot of these backup running backs. Uh, So that's my big suggestion there. All right. We love asking Harrison if certain players are legit. Justin Fields, your boy for the Bears last night. Is he legit and worth picking up on waivers? Because I don't think people have him on rosters.
1: Yeah, he's definitely not on rosters. I would not pick him up and start him this week because they're playing the Cowboys, who've had a fantastic defense so far this so season. But, but after that, I think Justin Fields is legit for the rest of the year. I mean, we know he has the talent, obviously. We've seen the flashes. But it, they're really starting to actually use him as how he should be used. You know, over 80 rushing yards the last two weeks, he has been phenomenal getting out of the pocket, and, and he has really exploded as an offensive weapon. Um, you know they're probably they're finally putting their trust in him. The offense is coming together. I, I really think he's going to be a solid. He's not going to be you know unbelievable, but he's going to be a solid fantasy streamer for the rest of the year because of his rushing upside week to week. And if he throws for yards, he throws for a touchdown, and that's just even more added value on top of that.
0: The the quarterback position, I I don't know what to make of it. I mean it is wide open. I mean Andy Dalton was a top ten uh passer in fantasy last week and he had pick sixes i mean what are we what are we doing we got gino and zappy and i mean i heineke i started heineke this week so pj walker not really fantasy relevant but i mean it's just it's it's unbelievable across the board but but yeah i think fields his ability to run the bears are better than we anticipated uh i still love my boy khalil herbert too so if he happens to be on waivers go make sure you get him too he's he's continues to be involved in that offense. And, and if anything did happen to Montgomery, whew, that'd be great for uh I mean, you hate, you hate the root for injuries, but Herbert's still my guy. Um, all right. Is he legit Paris Campbell in Indy? And, and let's have a, a larger conversation uh about that situation with Matt Ryan being benched, but I'll let you uh first, first crack at it.
1: So I think Paris Campbell as a player is legit. I mean, he has had the talent. He has the speed, the explosiveness. He's just been injured so far in his career. And these last two games, he's really come on as the number two in that offense. We thought it was going to be Alec Pierce. Turns out it's Paris Campbell, even though Pierce has still been solid. He's he's had a role in the offense. The only thing that's concerning a little bit, Matt Ryan getting benched. You know, this team is no longer going to be throwing the ball 45 times a game like they were with Matt Ryan. And they shouldn't have been with Matt Ryan. I don't know why they were. But with Sam Ellinger coming in, you know, I think it's gonna be a lot more run-controlled offense. Ellinger's got wheels himself. He can get out of the pocket, and make some things happen with his legs. But I would, I would prefer Paris Campbell over Alec Pierce as the number two in that offense because of the type of routes they want run, Campbell's a lot more, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage, short passes that he can take for a long way while Pierce is more of the deep threat. I think Ellinger will lead more towards Campbell and trust him more than Pierce. And another player on the Colts who I think is going a little bit overlooked right now and for good reason because he hasn't been super productive. But Kylan Granson, their tight end, you know, he's really come on as a reliable option for them in the passing game. Not really for fantasy, but he's he's gotten targets and he's gotten receptions. I think Ellinger could look at him as a safe option over the middle, a check down, and you could see a couple, you know, five receptions for 60 yards games from Granson going forward in the season, which isn't amazing from a tight end. But, you know, if Joku you had him on your team and he was injured, Kelsey's on bye this week. You got a lot of bye weeks coming up for tight ends. I think Granson could be a solid option that's really under the radar in fantasy leagues for the Colts at tight end.
0: All right, so I'm a Colts fan. They are my Super Bowl pick. And I thought Matt Ryan was going to fit in great. And I, I've drafted Michael Pittman, drafted uh, Jonathan Taylor. and Actually, I kept Michael Pittman. But I was excited about this offense this year. It's been a total disaster. and I was actually calling for Nick Foles. Put Nick Foles in there because Matt Ryan was driving me nuts because he wouldn't get rid of the ball. He, he can't move in the pocket. And, and so putting Ellinger in there, uh, this is great. This is great news, and, and I'm, I'm very optimistic that the offense is going to roll. It's going to click. We're, you're not going to see these you know, third-down drive enders, uh, which is what we saw with the Colts. They couldn't get into the end zone. They couldn't, you know, sustain drives because it'd be third and, I don't know, six or whatever. And Matt Ryan would take a sack and and, and wouldn't get rid of the ball and, and wouldn't be able to keep a, a play alive. I think that's going to that's gonna happen now. And I think the, the, Jonathan Taylor, he's got to click at some point, right? He, now he's a little bit further from the injury. Uh, he's too good not to. They got to get him the ball even more. I mean, a ten carries is averaging like five or six yards a carry. So it's not that he can't run. the The Colts have just been broken on offense. So if I'm my approach this week is I'm going to go try to trade for Michael Pittman. I'm going to go try to trade for even Jonathan Taylor uh, because I think things can turn around. I r- I really do. So this is a big deal for Frank Reich to make this decision. So he must be confident in Ellinger uh, that that he's ready to go. So. I'm going to trust, even though I don't know why we trust Frank Reich. I love, the, I love the guy, but it's been a disaster at quarterback over the last few years. <laughs> There's no question about it. So Anyway, that's my long spiel on the, on the Colts, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm going to keep, keep hope alive a little bit. Um, all right, last, uh, last one, and I'm curious your thoughts on the Saints too, uh, but Jawan Johnson had a big game for New Orleans last Thursday night. Uh, is he legit – And the Saints lose again. How concerned are you with them and moving forward? And who do you like? Who do you not like in New Orleans?
1: So I do not think that Jawan Johnson is legit. You know, we saw this last year when he was listed as the tight end one and then caught two touchdown passes week one, and everyone picked him up and did nothing for the rest of the season. The Saints are so game planned and and script dependent. You know, maybe Taysom Hill's going to get three touchdowns next week, then Jawan Johnson's going to get three touchdowns. Rashid Shaheed is going to get 50-yard you know, touchdowns on, on fluke plays. So I, I'm not super confident in Jawan Johnson going forward. Um, but when you, when you look at the Saints, I mean, I think Kamara is still a great option there. Chris Olave is someone who I think is going to be a top 10 receiver for the rest of the year. He's been a top 10 receiver so far. He is phenomenal. I'm not super out on them. I think they just need to figure it out. Um, at QB, you know, Jameis or Dalton or whoever it is, because the rest of that division is an absolute mess. It is a mess, but they have a great defense. They have the weapons on offense. I think if they can just figure out, you know, what we're doing on offense, not turn the ball over so much, I think they can have a really solid season going forward.
0: We will end with this. There are some names on the trade block and. If they end up, and this is in real life, but this will affect fantasy. Kareem Hunt, Jerry Judy, Brandon Cooks, Chase Claypool. If those guys end up in really great offenses on new teams, it could those could be game changing, fantasy winning moves. Uh, especially if Kareem Hunt goes somewhere and he's the main guy, that could be incredible. Um you know the other three wide receivers could be could be okay i guess but but hunt probably has some some league winning appeal there uh if he does get moved and and you know whether it's the rams or or you know whatever other team gets desperate enough at the running back spot and and gives the browns an offer that they would they would accept so uh i would I would you know explore those options this week, explore those with by sending your own trades to go get those guys. Uh, would you agree? And is there anybody that you're you're willing to go try to trade for because of the trade rumors?
1: I think Kareem Hunt's the perfect example of that because even if he doesn't get moved, he's still going to be a really solid running back in the role he has right now. You know, Claypool and, and Brandon Cooks and Judy, I think it's really risky because, you know, as a wide receiver, if they go to an offense that maybe already has a lot of weapons there and they're going to be the third option, Or, you know, it's tough to know with receivers. Maybe they don't have chemistry right away with the quarterback. So I would wait to see where they're moved. I would not be willing to trade for someone like Claypool without knowing if he's going to be the third option um, or if he's going to, you know, really pop off for the rest of the season. But Kareem Hunt's, I think, someone you should definitely look to trade for because we know he's going to be solid if he doesn't get traded. And if he does, he could be a real league winner if he goes to a team, you know, like the Rams. Um, I, I think that's a great move to make that.
0: One of those wide receivers end up in Green Bay, though. As much as I love Romeo Dobbs, but he's let me down the last few weeks, so we've got to kind of move on at this point. But they need some help there, and maybe one of those receivers would be a spark. Maybe a Brandon Cooks uh, could be a spark in in Green Bay. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that uh, for sure, and we look forward to being back next Tuesday, Lord willing, to talk about the the craziness in fantasy football. What's going to happen next? I don't know. I'm convinced it'll be something. So uh, great stuff out of Harrison. Appreciate you. Uh, Thanks to everybody listening today. I'm Bryce Johnson, I'm a fantasy manager who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin, he was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy managers and sports fans who follow Jesus together. Let's count the cost, as we discussed earlier during the breakout, let's count the cost and give up whatever is necessary to follow him, to be his disciple, and, and to embrace him as the Lord of our life. And so uh, praise Jesus today. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast presented by Metashare. We'll talk to you soon.